Joining me today, I have another great GB international player. He's played baseball at NCAA AA Division I Rice University, drafted in 2009 by the Mariners, played in the ball for Sioux Falls in 2012 before going to Sweden to do some pitching and the Brisbane Bandits in um, Australia. He's played for Team GB for around about 10 years now. You know who it is, the man, the legend, Daniel Cooper. Daniel, how's things? I'm good. You missed uh, you missed one of my schools. I played at USC. That's where I graduated from, actually, University of Southern California. Is it? Oh, I'm blaming baseball reference. I, start, I started at I started at Rice. I got hurt, ended up transferring, so I I finished my career at USC. So I'm I'm a proud Trojan. Oh, there you go. And so there's a, a team in Liverpool that'd be proud to hear you having that and have it as a soundbite for a long time. <laughs> the Liverpool Trojans. <laughs> um, so Daniel, um, let's get into it. Let's talk about your your great career but before we get into that let's talk a bit about you let's start off with uh with a bit about yourself your home life family and life and uh, how you got into baseball and all the way up to gb yeah so i i i've been playing baseball since i can remember i started out pictures there's actually some sitting in my room right behind me my my dad coached my t-ball team and i i picked up a ball at a young age and uh, realized very young i started pitching probably when i was eight um, and realized that was my calling. Never could hit the ball very well. Um, I, I hit all the way through high school, but you know, you you just know when you're when you're good at something, you're not good at something else. So I just I really stuck with pitching. Played a lot of other sports growing up, but I just like I always knew uh, baseball was my best sport, and I just stuck with it. Kind of really focused on quit every other sport towards the end of my high school career, and uh, really focused on baseball and just and. Uh, yeah, just kept going from there, but always had support from my family, always wanted it for myself, told my parents at a young age, I was going to be a professional baseball player. People would say like, oh, the, the odds are one in a million as in why can't I be that one? So that was my mentality my whole life. And it just uh, luckily panned out, never quite made it to the big show, but the WBC will be that big show for me. So I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll talk about the uh, the twenty twenty two qualifiers uh, later on, I'm sure. Um, but before we go into the future stuff, what are your earlier memories around baseball? Do you have any sort of like first game memories, or were you first sort of picking up that ball and and that type of thing? I do remember. There's a there's a couple of things I remember. I remember an umpire that we ended up becoming really good friends later in life. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away recently, but he. It was funny. It was like almost like he squeezed the strike zone on purpose on me to like get me angry and then to like try and teach me a lesson to like not let umpires affect me later in life, which ended up becoming a really good uh, learning lesson. So thank you, Jeff Cook, for that. Um, but I really remember hating him as an umpire because like he had the small strike zone and really forced me to learn how to pitch. Um, so that's one of my memories of Little League. Um, also, um, I was the youngest player in our little league to throw a no hitter. I threw a, a no hitter when I was uh, 10 years old, which was the youngest in the majors division at that time. Oh, wow. That allowed, and I was the first kid at 10 to ever do that. So that was pretty exciting. And then I just, it's funny that we actually talked about this uh, with some of my friends lately, just like my little league team, the Tigers was so good. We, I think we lost three games in three years. Like our, we were, we were a legacy we were unstoppable. So that's like one of my earliest memories of baseball is just like somehow ended up being on a team that was just uh, the most unbeatable little league team of all time. 
That's amazing. <laughs> and you still in touch with those teammates now? I talked to some of them. Um, yeah, again, unfortunately, uh, one of, I was talking about this because we were at a funeral for one wow. of the guys I played with there. But it was just, yeah, it was just great to talk about. It was funny like that that memory came up because there's pictures of him in those uniforms. I was like, oh, yeah, the Tigers. Wow, we were just unstoppable. So I still talk to to some of the guys. But, yeah, that was a long time ago now. Did anybody else graduate from that? So did anybody else? Uh, did you play along any sort of names or that from that played? team? No, not no one I really played with after Little League. To be honest, I think a couple of them, like not even all of them, went to my high school with me. I'm trying to remember. Um, I think like one or two of them went to high school with me, um, and played a little bit there. But no one really. Costa Mesa is not a big name for uh for baseball and sports in general. Like not very many people come from my area and do a whole lot my high school is not known for honestly anything <laughs> so it was one of those things like I didn't get recruited out of high school that much because no one came to my high school the only scouts that saw me were because they were there to watch a player from another team and I just happened to be throwing and then I would go play summer ball summer ball scouts would see me my dad was basically my biggest uh recruiter like help recruiting he'd be sit he would always go sit in the stands and make sure he was a position right around all the scouts so anyone asking any questions he would make sure to fill them in and let them know who I was and where I played and fortunately for that I was able to uh, extend my career uh, a little further that's brilliant great parenting skills there by your dad yeah he's a he's my he was my my agent at the time so yeah. don't tell him i would have been banned from college for having one but <laughs> i'm pretty sure they can't do for it now like 20 odd years later on i think you might yeah. be safe but they might they might go take my records away that we don't if have not any. i'm i'm sorry is it um so with baseball not being that bigger sport than in your high school were you ever tempted to sort of take up a different sport or were you just always invested in baseball so sports just in general my high school were we're just not that good at sports we had some pretty decent teams when I was there we did well um unfortunately just not a big enough name not a high enough division I was I was offered I believe it was my junior year to claim residency at someone else's house so that I could change high schools where I would have been able to get a lot more exposure. And the funny thing was I decided to stay at my high school because all my friends were there. And um, the team that I would have went to ended up winning uh, CIF, which is like the California championship. They won that year. Hmm. Uh, so if I would have transferred, I would have I would have won a CIF championship instead. Uh, I played baseball at Costa Mesa, which I'm still proud of. I, I hope one day to be a bigger part of that program when I get to a point in my life where I have a little more free time to invest yeah. back into the community because I would love to see my hometown actually make a name for itself because we do have a lot of great players that come from this area but they all tend to go to other high schools that are a little bigger we got some really big big name high schools in the area that it's pretty easy to go play at a different place so but yeah, I was tempted to leave. I decided to stick with what I know and stick with my friends and 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 wait it out. And everything ends up working out the way it's supposed to. So I ended up exactly where I was supposed to be. That's right. So when you got drafted by the Mariners, do, do you remember that day well? Or can you talk us through that that occasion? Um, it it's actually yeah. It's I don't remember all the specifics. I I wasn't really. 
I wasn't sure no one was actually really talking to me. So I, I didn't know. I, I talked to my pitching coach who had connections and he said, don't be surprised if you get drafted. But I didn't know I had a good my college career was pretty rocky. I had, had a very good freshman year. Uh, I went to a junior college, had a very good first year, ended up two weeks before the next season started, ended up um, getting a, a, basically a call and saying, come visit Rice University. We have scholarship money left um, if you want to come. Ended up transferring to Rice. They had just won the College World Series the year before. So it was one of those things like I wasn't mentally prepared to transfer. But how do you turn down a scholarship from a team that just won the College World Series? So mm. I decided to make the move. Um, just didn't end up being a good fit. I ended up getting hurt um, and just wasn't mentally prepared to be out there yet. So it wasn't quite ready. So I ended up, uh, I decided to transfer when my scholarship was being taken away and transferred to USC where, again, another rocky start. My transfer stuff didn't work out. I missed the first half of my first season there. Only got like 13 innings my first year and then really came into my own at the at the end of my college career. I think I got like 70 innings that year, kept my ERA under two in the Pac-12, which was at the time one of the best conferences in baseball. I believe Oregon State ended up they had they had just won back to back championships. I think they got to the championship again that year and ended up losing. But um, very strong division ended up doing very well. But yeah, no one was really talking to me had no conversations and but got the phone call, got drafted, went and had some drinks with my parents and some of my friends and actually went and pitched in a, a summer league game that day to keep my arm fresh after a couple of shots. So that's the first and only time I've ever pitched uh, with a buzz. So that's what I definitely remember from that day. I've, I don't know. Um, uh, I, I do like a good beer here and there, but I definitely had never played baseball drunk before. So that was, that was an interesting one too. My my arm felt amazing, but I had no idea where the ball was going. So <laughs> don't don't know if I recommend uh, uh, drinking and drinking and no. pitching. No, 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 no. You heard it, there, kids. Don't don't drink and yeah. play baseball. Yeah. So for all you young kids, just don't drink. Period. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, life advice. If I could go back, yeah, well, just just have one or two, and don't eat pies. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be an athlete. I didn't eat pies, man. <laughs> That's a lie. I was never going to be an athlete. Um, <laughs> do, do you remember um, the moment that you got called up to GB? You are rocking a fantastic Great Britain sweater, by the way. Uh, your hoodie. I've got a lot of these. They're the best. Uh, they're they're my go-to's. I always have a couple on deck. I figure it's the perfect time to have it on, especially since it's starting to get cold here in California now, too. So. Um, what was the question? Sorry, I got distracted by. Uh, sorry, uh, when do you remember when you got the call up for GB? So it was actually I did. I ended up reaching out to GB myself. So yeah. I was I trained with. Um, if people are familiar with uh, the pitching coaches around here, Tom House was my pitching coach in college. Mm -hmm. Remained my pitching coach through my entire professional career. Um, got to train with some amazing baseball players, some of the best pitchers in the big leagues, half the starting quarterbacks in the NFL at the time. It was a really great place to train. But we're all sitting there talking. One of my buddies, like his grandparents were Italian. The other one, his uh, family was from like the Czech Republic. So like we're all just like, hey, the the World Baseball Classic's coming up. Like this was early on at the beginning. Like can we can we play for these countries? So one of the guys figured out who at MLB uh, was the person to contact that was in charge of the World Baseball Classic. So we all reached out. And fondly enough, they forwarded my email off to the the British Baseball Federation. And their response was, 
you play you played in double a and you're an independent ball now are you ready to come play and so i was on the plane uh flying out to regensburg in 2012 uh to play for the team so i actually best decision i ever made was to reach out and see if i could do this because this has been uh the best ride of my baseball career yeah yeah like looking through your your stats and your history it does seem like you've you've had some right adventures what have been some of your favorite on-field memories for playing for great britain i mean uh i hate to be that guy but the best on-field memory was winning that game against spain in this qualifier it was uh i'm actually getting emotional thinking about it it's been a long ride of hoping that one day we would be able to make this tournament and a lot of uh a lot of close games, a lot of getting close. The last two qualifiers, we've gotten to the championship game, or we got to the championship game in the one in Brooklyn. Kind of got knocked around a little bit in the one in Regensburg when I first started. Um, so it's just to watch this team continue to grow and get better and better every single tournament and to show up at the beginning of that tournament, just have a different feeling from the beginning. And then that anyone who watched that game, that was one of the greatest baseball games I've ever been a part of in my entire life. It was unreal. Like just the, the back and forth of them taking a huge lead to start or not a huge lead, taking a lead to start us chipping away, them scoring some more runs, us chipping away a little more. And then just Jalen Rudd coming in clutch, hitting that home run in the ninth to yeah. tie it up off of a, a ex big leaguer. Like, and then just the, the, the replay at third base to get our guy at third base, the sacrifice. I was just, it was so much and a lot of emotion just to take in that I just remember just like being on the field at that moment and like all the work that we put in to get to where we were and to finally like for it to finally happen and us to make the World Baseball Classic. It really that's honestly one of the best moments of my baseball career, period, not just with Great Britain baseball. So, yeah, amazing. Yeah, it, was, it was a hell of a game. It was. Like, I, I was going to uh, Drew Spencer and Jonathan Cramer about it when I interviewed them yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And just hearing their memories from it and everything, it's just, yeah, it was superb. Like, my my heart was in my mouth for oh. all of it. And I, I said to Drew, like, I don't know how you might stay so calm. It's like, pressure's a privilege. It you was, know. it was, it was amazing. I, I actually, I'm a very superstitious guy, as most baseball, most baseball players are. My arm was numb because I wouldn't move from the railing where I was sitting for the last like two innings <laughs> i didn't move the entire time. <laughs> i wouldn't move there's nothing we were freezing down there it was so cold um we were uh, we were we found like any heaters that we could like hand warmers anything like it was freezing down i don't know if anyone knows how cold that game was but you just like kind of your body went numb because the game was just so exciting that we and yeah i literally didn't move for like two innings until we won that game if i'm finna see my daddy's hoodie on under his what's that Anthony Seymour had his hoodie on underneath his uh, yeah, underneath his jersey. I, had, I think I had, I think I had like three jackets on. Fun fact about me: my hands actually, my pitching hand goes numb when it gets cold. That's part of the reason why I ended up retiring a couple of years ago. Um, I had uh, uh, it's called thoracic outlet syndrome, so it was a pinched artery in my shoulder. So my my throwing hand, two of my fingers go numb when it gets cold. So I actually, if you ever watch me in cold climate games, I had ski gloves on in the bullpen with heat packs inside of them to keep my arm, my hand warm so that should I get the call to go pitch, my, I can actually feel my fingers. So fun fact about me, I can't feel my hands in the cold. So if you ever see me with ski gloves on, it's not that cold. I just need to do everything <laughs> I can to keep my hand warm. <laughs> it's just a fashion accessory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Guy. <laughs> yeah, Zach Grasser went and got me these like 
the least uh, conspicuous uh, gloves of all time. They're like brown. I could go find them. Actually, they're sitting up there brown like mittens. So they, they stood out like a sore thumb. So anyone looking at me was probably just like, <laughs> this, these California kids can't handle the cold. I was fine the rest of my body. I just can't feel my hand, unfortunately. Oh, my hands are shame. What other superstitions do you have then? Uh, that's I mean, that's one of those things you just like, there's just bullpen rules. Anyone that's ever been in a bullpen, I've spent my whole entire career in a bullpen. Like I, I had to yell at, uh, I forgot who it was. He started cleaning up the bullpen before the game was over. We were up by like seven runs. You just don't clean up the bullpen until it's done. All the balls stay where they are. Like you start cleaning up, you're going to have to pull those balls out again because they're going to start scoring runs. So that's one superstition. You never clean up the bullpen before the game's over. Um, I wore the same outfit to pregame stuff. And to the games that I wore the entire tournament this last tournament, it's one of those things. If I wear an outfit that's a winning outfit, the right socks, everything, it's not that I don't wash them. They get washed, but I wear the exact same outfit. We lose, then I might change the socks, see what happens, change that up. Just little things like that. Uh, when I go out the mound, same kind of routine. It's not really a superstition, just more of a routine. But mm. maybe it is a superstition because I do it every single time. But it's just kind of natural. But just things like that. In the bullpen, you never never talk about a no hitter you never talk about a perfect game you never like simple things in baseball you just don't talk about certain things especially in the bullpen it's a sacred place that anything you say jinxes everything and like you just never do anything so ask any bullpen pitcher they all feel the same way it's a very it's a very sacred place that that things always come into play if you if you mess with the baseball gods down there all right that's an important tip to know you know that yeah <laughs> so if you're ever in the bullpen don't don't say anything to a bullpen pitcher because they might get very upset. <laughs> yes. Also, don't don't get anywhere near my cleats. They always stay perfectly clean until I pitch. So if you get my cleats dirty, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> I put, put a health, health notice on him. <laughs> Do not yeah, touch yeah. some pain of death. Yeah. You said that the the 2022 um, team felt felt different as well to the other ones. How how did it feel different? Was it vibe within the camp or was it preparation or? It's it just kind of everything like the coaches. I mean, all the all the respect to our coaches for putting in the time and effort to go find the players that can play for this country, that want to play for this country and that have the talent to to really play some baseball. Like I, I've been on this team for a long time. I've played with a lot of different people, but just from day one of practice, watching batting practice, like watching the bat the balls jump off the bat uh, watching the pitchers play catch and get on see some of them on the first day get on the mound and just seeing the arm talent that we have and just like watching and it really was like yeah you see all the talent but then you just kind of get in a room with these guys and just watching kind of how everyone vibes like very quickly like mm. um and it was just kind of one of those things it was i think the meeting that really put it all together um we had a meeting i believe it was the day before the first game we kind of all sat in a room kind of tell your background where you come from um your connection to great britain um and like it just kind of went around the room and ended up getting like very emotional some of the speeches people gave like um i mean i, I again i'm not a very emotional guy for the most part i, I was brought to tears but talking about myself and then listening to some of our coaches, some of the other players that had done it for a long time. Um, it was just one of those meetings that just kind of everyone just, you, you could tell you, you came, if we came in just as like a baseball team, I felt like we kind of left as a family uh, from that one meeting. It was just, uh, again, I talking about that game and that meeting, I have chills just, just thinking about it. Cause yeah. again, very peak moments of my, 
my career at all. I've been doing this for a long time. I'm getting I'm getting to the end where the body is kind of telling me, hey, you, you can't do this anymore. So every moment I get playing baseball is still a, a very cherished moment because one day I, I physically won't be able to do this anymore. So yeah. Are you, able that, to, are you able to tell us about what you said in that meeting? Like no, no worries if it's like a, a secret and close no, up thing. No, really. It, honestly, what I just said is kind of the basis of my story is hey guys like been doing this for a long time played for a lot of different teams and like to me the main part of it was that great britain has become my second family like i never thought when i first started this journey like how important i, I had no idea how important this team would come to me but, but i played for this team longer than any other team i've ever been a part of in my entire life like i've been on this team for 10 years now mm. i've played i think 10 tournaments i believe we we did the math maybe maybe yeah. i'm off by one or two but no no thank you about right that. um and i basically just said like these guys will be your family so come fight for each other because one day um and basically got to the point where one day this is all going to be over and the, like <laughs> i mean that seems young you know like i mean harry ford was what 19 yeah uh, I'm, I'm 35 turning 36 on sunday so I'm Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, so it's, it's kind of crazy to see, again, young talent. The, this ta- That means the team's going to be talented for a long time, which is great to see that like we've built this team up and now we have continued young players to come in and, and fill the shoes of us old guys that maybe don't have much time left. But I think that was the point of my story is just fight like you're never going to get to do it again because one day you won't be able to. So Yeah. Were you able to pass on your knowledge to any of the, the youngsters that were in there? Did you have any sort of like bonding sessions or did any of them turn to you for advice? Um, a couple of things here and there. I think the the most bonding I had would be with uh, Mateo. Um, yeah. I was watching him play catch and there's actually a really good picture of us. I think I posted it even on my Instagram of him flipping a ball up and down, me teaching him how to throw a sinker because it's, it's one of those things you have to have the right arm slot and – release point to throw the way I throw my sinker. I mean, I, I, I I don't know if everyone has the ability to do it, but like, if you see an arm slot that it can work for and which his does, um, I'm hoping he's listening to this and still working on that pitch because I think if he works on it and and gets that spin down, um, I think he has the ability to have, he could be the next guy when I'm gone. Cause I, Again, like I said, I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna keep pushing as long as I can. I don't know how many I have left in the tank. The body's telling me the body told me no about five tournaments ago. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll we'll see uh, we'll see how many I got left. I, I still mentally I still got it, but the body eventually will tell me. So that that I think was maybe the biggest bonding moment of me actually coaching anyone up. Um, just questions here and there, uh, little things that life knowledge that I like to share with people. I think maybe my life experience is more fun for me to share than my baseball experience because I'm just a bullpen pitcher. What experience do I really have? Let's be completely honest. <laughs> no, don't put yourself down like you're an adventurer. You've been seeing all those yeah. things. Exactly. <laughs> life experience is what I want to teach because that's that's what I live for still. Like I love baseball and it's given me because of baseball, I've gotten a lot of life experience. I've gotten a go to a lot of countries now at this point i've lived in i lived in seven states and three different countries to play mm. baseball and get to go to different countries every single year so um yeah take what's advantage you, you can young bucks yeah what's your greatest bit of life advice then for us um 
I mean, it, it's going to sound corny, but do everything you can while you still can do it. Like, that's kind of my life motto. Like, if I can make a trip happen, I, I take advantage of it. Like, it might put me in a little bit of a hole um, to start. Uh, let's just say financially, because traveling the way I like to travel costs some money. But if you can set a plan for yourself to to pay it down, eventually you'll get it all paid down. And so my my best advice is live life the best you can, because again, one day you're going to get old and maybe not be able to do the trips the same that you can when you're younger. And mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe it's, it sounds corny, but yeah, I, no, that, I, I think it's, my best advice is just to do everything you can while you can still do it. Yeah. You have the opportunity to say yes. Yeah. I, yeah. It's first you said, I, I heard um, a rugby league player called Jamie Peacock on another podcast the other day. And something he was talking about is that um, if he, if he could go back and do his time again, he said, say yes more yeah. because you never know the adventures it's going to take you on. You know, it can be a bit scary, but that's all because you haven't learned it yet. It's all new. Yeah. That's been, that's been kind of my move. It's uh, I love uh, uh, Spencer uh, Christberg, who obviously another GB legend. Um, he's always my roommate. Every time we travel, every time we're on a team together and, He's one of he's a he's the yes man too. So we've we've been on some adventures around some European cities that have led us to some fun places. I remember one time climbing a clock tower of an old church and like ended up on these stairs that I'm like, I don't think anyone's walked on these stairs in like hundreds of years. I don't know if we should be up here. And we got pretty high up that clock tower, and it's just like we got a really cool view out of it. It was scary as heck climbing up there, but just like things like that, or just like ending up in random parts of town, like getting a beer here and there, and just like seeing what happens and just some of the adventures I've gone on. So I, yeah, always say yes. That's, I guess that's the best way to put it is just be a yes man and, and go do what you're going to do. Cause you're going to end up on some pretty cool adventures. Don't say yes. I think it's going to put you in a dangerous place. No, no, no. Yeah. 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 You, you <laughs> apply some caution. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the limits don't always say yes to everything, Yeah, <laughs> but the, the fun things that are going to be good. Yeah, definitely. So you've had some really good on-field memories. You started talking about your off-field memories. What are some of your favorite off-field memories that have been involved in your baseball time? Ooh, that's tough. I can't actually. Most of them are not safe for work. So <laughs> <laughs> I've had some. I've had some really crazy adventures off the field. So um, let's think of. I mean, that's a tough one. I need to do a baseball podcast it's, after dark so people can yeah, get there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those ones that there's some there's some stories of some some places I've ended up that have been a lot of fun. But really just I mean, I, I again, not to be corny, but some of my best off field memories have been with this Great Britain team. Not that not that we <laughs> I don't know how to put this lightly. Um in my early years with Great Britain we knew there were some games we really had no chances of winning. So some of the tournaments we might've had a little bit more fun than we probably should have. Like hmm. if, we, if there's games that like really meant something like, yeah, we've obviously, we all, we all lock it in and, and we're able to focus, but there, there might've been some times where we were out partying the night before a game and just, but like, I've had some really great experience with some of the guys, like my, <laughs> maybe my best experiences have been with, uh, my my Aussie mates that uh, haven't been on the team for a while, but like Matt Matt Roxburgh, Andy Hagen, um, those guys. Uh, we did we did some 
after tournament trips like we went to oktoberfest together one time that was <laughs> we, we <laughs> that actually to be honest that actually might be my one of my best moments with great rim baseball we drove to oktoberfest afterwards because it was the first weekend of october so everything was sold out so we stayed at this uh they called it a hostel but it was a, a campground with tents yeah so you paid 100 euro a night so this is the cheapest accommodation yeah. 100 euro a night this is back when the euro was strong too to sleep in a tent on an air mattress it was like 35 degrees out like luckily we <laughs> checked the weather so like when we were in uh, we we were just left uh, uh prague so we we bought some like some like uh, snuggies and other blankets and like loaded up the car and took it out there um and it was freezing cold but it was all you could eat and all you could drink at the campground so just like and then you could walk to the train that took you right in to Oktoberfest. So to just spend uh, three days with those, with those two guys, I don't know if anyone on this podcast has ever hung out with those two, but um, it was, it, it was great. It was, it was a lot of fun to spend a couple of days, like an experience I'll never do again. But one of the best experiences of my life was sleeping in that tent at Oktoberfest, freezing, going to Oktoberfest, drinking all the beer we wanted, coming back, drinking more beer and, just having a great time. So that that was one of my best off-field memories I'll never forget. And then just every time we we go out as a team, we make the rookies sing that the the used to be God save the Queen, now God save the King. Um uh, that night always usually ends up being a lot of fun as well because we always plan out a night where we can have some beers and no game the next day or anything. So that's always been those are some great memories too. That's cool. So you've gone from said there to start like the the European Championships in 2012 was a bit of a struggle. How have you seen the GB program evolve then from your point of view over the decade? It's just every single tournament we've gotten better and better and better. Just more players. Some of us old guys still hanging on, and then just the young talent showing up every tournament. Whether it's obviously our World Baseball Classic team is a little different than our European Championship team, but even just going to our European Championship team, like. We legitimately were in that game against the Dutch that we lost. I started a couple unfortunate errors that just gave up some unearned runs. We lost by two runs. We gave up five unearned runs. So, um, I mean, you just see, like, we, we've we never competed against the Dutch ever. That team wins the European Championships every tournament. They're the best team out there. With I mean, the Italians and the Spanish are up there too, but we always compete against the Czech, um, who they've continue to get better every year too but we continue to rise with them so um just watching this team every single tournament uh just get better and better the young talent and that i think that's my my favorite part about this is it was us older guys sticking around and a couple new guys showing a couple bits and pieces but this last european championship it, I, I met a ton of new players i think like a lot of uh, the older us older guys like two of them just had kids so like they couldn't come out so we lost some guys to that um we lost some guys to injury so it was a lot of these young kids that i'd never played with before and to it it was kind of it kind of sucked that we were locked in a hotel for two weeks in italy because of covid restrictions yeah. and everything. but at the same time it might be one of my favorite tournaments and then the fact that i didn't get to explore italy but the fact that i sat in a hotel room with these young kids and really getting to hang out with them um and getting close with a lot of them still in contact with all of them and really excited to to play with them again but 
we have some really good young talent that's coming up that will keep this program continuing to grow and grow. And I know this coaching staff is continually searching for more players that can continue to build. So it's just, it's really exciting to be a part of. I've already told the coaches in the event that one day I can't pitch anymore, which I, I don't plan on doing anytime soon because I still consider myself. I think, I think I, I I'm pretty cocky, but I think it's going to be a while before they can find 12 pitchers better than me. To, to tell me I can't play for the European Championship team, <laughs> I might be throw, I might be throwing like seventy five by then, but I'll still be getting people out because because of, of the movement. But it's good to see that in the event that I do stop playing, there are plenty of pitchers to fill my spot that I'm confident in handing the ball over to now and and saying like, all right, guys, this is your team now, keep it going. So it's just been a, it's been really amazing to watch um, what this coaching staff has been able to do to grow this program and I, I really just I really see this can program to continue to rise and just get better and better and I'm excited to hopefully when my playing career is over be a part of this team in other ways because again this has become a second family to me yeah I keep in touch with more Great Britain baseball players than I did from my entire professional career so and college career so cool so who's some of the best players that you've seen live through your travels with GB on our team or or all the teams? All of them. Anyway. Doesn't matter. I mean, you got uh, – obviously, you can talk about, like, the greats from some of the other countries, like uh, Roger Bernardino we've been playing against for years for the Dutch, uh, former teammate of mine, Callian Sams, who actually just officially announced his retirement from baseball. So I don't think I'll be playing against him much anymore. Um, guys like that. Um, I know there's – a I uh, I remember actually a crazy story. I remember Alex Liddy, who I played with with the Mariners. Also, he's a one of the Italian greats. Um, that guy, I think it was because of the Mariners. I couldn't get to the European Championships in time. He literally shows up on the plane like we knew his flight had just arrived, and he shows up to the game, puts the uniform on. I think he hit two home runs that game and made like two web gem plays at third base just like getting off a plane like to me watching that was unreal um but then just going to great britain you got your 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 michael ross who <laughs> another gb legend um yeah. we might get into some of the legends of this team but one of the best guys that i know in baseball just like great guy to be around great team leader but also one of the best pitchers that i've played with he again a guy that doesn't have dominant stuff you can ask him himself he He's not a he's not a 95 mile an hour thrower. He's just a good pitcher that knows how to pitch with stuff. Um, but then you talk about some other guys that we've had. Obviously, we're gonna have Jazz. We're very lucky to know that he announced he wants to play with us again for this World Baseball Classic. I think he was what 17 at the time when he played with us in Brooklyn. And now we've can we've gotten to watch him flourish into a superstar. Um yeah, he's growing a bounty. And then I mean, I, I feel bad leaving so many great players off, like all the guys that played in this tournament. We have so many studs that like I don't even have time to name every single person. I mean, but to really. Uh, I mean, I think everyone saw it. Uh, uh, Harry Ford. It, he is a natural that that young kid I got like I'm very I, I'm happy I got to spend some time chatting with him. Funny story about him, actually. He he believed I was one of the coaches when we first met. I can actually, I'll tell this entire story, actually, since we're talking about him. He he thought I was one of the coaches. We're, we're walking. We, we both 
were in the town in Regensburg and both happened to be walking back at the same time. So we chatted all the way home. He goes, yeah, man, I, I really thought you were one of the coaches when I first met you. And, uh, and then, and then, uh, I was throwing live batting practice in our training camp and he uh, was facing Harry and he told me in his mind, he was walking that cage going like, Oh, I got this old guy. There's no chance this guy got, has me. <laughs> and he said, I threw him the first sinker. I threw him. And he goes, Oh man, that moved pretty good. I threw him another one and he swung and missed it like really bad. He goes, damn, that thing really moves. And I threw him a slider and struck him out. He goes, Oh damn, this guy can actually pitch. Like he's not one of the coaches. So it was just kind of funny to go from earning the respect of, of these young bucks also that are young and obviously extremely talented. He might, I don't, yeah, I don't want to, 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 to pump him up too much, but of young raw talent that I've ever seen, he might, I played with a lot of young raw talent and he definitely has what it takes to, I'm really excited to watch what his, his career ends up being because yeah. I've never seen a plate approach uh, as good as his at that age. Like I've, I played against Mike Trout when he was that age, but I was also much younger. I played against Nolan Arenado when he was a young guy. So another reason why I'm so excited to play Team USA because I've played against all these guys. A couple that I haven't, but uh, I'm excited to see if I can still get them out because Mike Trout still has yet to get a hit off me in his career. He's faced me six times. So if you're, if you're hearing this, Mike Trout, if you listen to this podcast, I'm coming for you again in the WBC. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I cannot confirm or deny due to data protection that Michael Trout does listen to the podcast but <laughs> I'm sure I'll tag him in it and see what he says do you think he'll remember you what, what's your story then with Mike Trout uh, he he was just a young prospect um, in the Angels organization when I was with the Mariners so we just happened to be starting in low A is the first time I faced him um, yeah it was crazy like he's he's been a dude since he was young i believe he was the number two prospect mm. even at 19 years old with the with the angels i remember even like who was it the the colonels what was it what city was that in it was in the midwest somewhere there's something colonels but like they had like this like guy who was like recycle man or something it was like more powerful than the bat of mike trout so like even like their advertisements were like focused on mike trout at 19 years old at this low a baseball team um and uh yeah it's one of my favorite songs still this day is uh not to get into the political side of kanye west but just his music i really like uh, can't tell me nothing that's one of my favorite like rap songs ever and it's been stuck in my head because that was mike trout's walk-up song the first time i ever faced him so two reasons why i really like it. it's a great song and uh i think I, I i think that was one of the times i struck him out too so I threw him a pitch that I don't throw anyone. He's he's the fortunate one that got my four seam fastball that I don't throw to anyone. And I struck him out looking. I did it twice to him too. And he just kind of nodded his head and walked away because he knew like that's not a pitch that I throw. So he he got a special pitch that I, I reserved for that for that at bat. I've I've got in my head now that we're in March 2023. And Mike Charles sets was play. He looks at you and does a double take and just starts sweating. <laughs> And he's just like balls. I hope, I hope, I hope that he remembers my singer and slider because that would that would make my life if he walked to me like, man, like I remember facing the Myers, but I highly doubt that he remembers anything to do with me because he faced so many good pitchers and he still is and he's been shit. That was uh what twelve years ago? That was 2000, 2009, 10, and eleven. So yeah, that was a long time ago. So I I highly doubt that he. He remembers any of bats with me. 
I don't know. You baseball players have got memories like I've never seen before. It, was, it, it would insane. make my career if Mike Trout walked up to me and said, I remember facing you in the Mudlakes. <laughs> that, would, that would mean the world to me if if he said, dude, you have your sinker is the best one I've ever seen. I would. So if anyone wants to go just whisper in his ear to go tell him to just come say it just to make me feel better because I'm still an Angels fan. Even when I was with the Mariners, I was an Angels fan. I'm still an Angels fan. I still think he's the greatest baseball player. Um, on the planet I, mike please stay healthy we need you all the time um you got shohei next to you who he's giving you a run for your money because he does both but you are the greatest in my opinion one of the best baseball players that's ever lived so i'm just happy that i got to face him um and yeah i still get to root for him because he's on my favorite team so hmm. speaking of players that you admire normally i ask my guest um for who's on their mount rushmore of baseball people Okay. From seeing your Instagram and knowing that you like a party, I'm going to change it for yourself. And it's like, if you've got four people to a legendary Daniel Cooper house party, which four British baseball people are you inviting to this shit? Ooh, British baseball people. Okay. Um, So this one, anyone who knows him, and I've only gotten to play one tournament with him, but in... He's obviously talked to the team a bunch. He's a he's a legend. He's my just Mount Rushmore of Great Britain baseball. Period. Uh, anyone who knows him might will probably agree. Gavin Marshall, I'm 100 inviting to my party. Like, uh, ask anyone off camera about his his karaoke. If anyone's ever seen him do karaoke, oh. or, or, or. I spoke to Gavin. I'll, I'll let, he mentioned that. Did he mention it? I, I'm no. not going to get into details about it, but it's one of the. It, that is one of my favorite off-field memories too. I should have brought that up. Is Gavin Marshall Marshall doing some karaoke for us in in Prague? So I'll let him dive into that story a little more if he wants to. But it it was a it was an epic performance that anyone who saw it will remember forever. Um, so I'll go Gavin Marshall. Let's go Michael Roth. Every time I love meeting up with that guy to have a beer with him, anytime. So he's one of my favorite guys to 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 have a beer with. Let's go Mount Rushmore. Well, you get four, right? That's mm-hmm. how many people on Mount Rushmore. I got to go with my boy, Spencer Kreisberg. I mean, we've been roommates on the team for a long time. I, I Luckily, he doesn't live too far from me, so I get to link up with him every once in a while still. So he, he gets the invite to the house party always. He went he went off and had a kid, so I don't get to see him as much anymore. So um, I get one more. Hmm. That's tough because there's a lot of guys I like hanging out with on this team. You know what? Just for I'm gonna go with the wild card here, just because of he also put on a very great karaoke performance on a bus for us. Um, that's gonna be Grant Carey, young guy. Oh, that nice. Yeah. Also I'm give him a shout out. Yeah, well, uh, I love Grant Carey. That's a good kid. Um, excited to have him be a part of the program and. Also a lot of fun. I, I was I got to meet up with him. Uh, he was nearby for a, a game this season, and I, I got to link up with him and, and take him out to lunch and, and, and chat with him for a while. So it was great to connect with him outside of uh, Europe also. So sorry for all you guys. I want to party with. I would invite anyone who's ever in town. Um, this includes you. Um, Matt, if you're ever in town, you need a place to stay in Southern California. We got a guest room for you. So oh, sweet. GB's my family come out. Um, 
I'll just have to tell the missus that you guys are coming and yeah. uh, we'll we'll make sure the room is nice and prepped for you guys. But yeah, anyone, if you know I'm having a party, all you guys are welcome. Anyone great baseball related. Yeah, definitely let them know. You don't some random bald bearded British boat rocking up at your doorstep. Like, who's this dude? Perfect. Deny everything. Don't know him. <laughs> Get him off. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like talking about the parties that you've had, like your, your fancy dress is pretty epic. Who's been one of the favorite people that you've dressed up as? Or what, what costume do you enjoy? Oof. I mean, that's tough. Like, we, me, me and my girlfriend take our costumes pretty seriously. This year, anyone who's a fan of Yellowstone, uh, I think. I think my girlfriend, Alexa, absolutely crushed Beth Dutton. So if you guys watched the show and saw the pictures of her, she walked down the stairs. I was like, oh, my God, like you are her. Like it looked exactly like her. So she absolutely destroyed this costume this year. Um, I think our Medusa, I think it was that last year, two years ago, she was Medusa and I was a Roman soldier turning into stone. Mm -hmm. So half my face was stone. I thought that one came out pretty epic. Like the makeup we did for that costume, it came out pretty good. I did dress up as a caveman and go to the gym one day. So I was basically in like a mini skirt at the gym one day. That was, that was a lot of fun. That that was just kind of, that's just cause I, I had the costume and wore it to the gym. So doing a full workout and basically a skirt was a, a different, that was different, but yeah, uh, I have, we've done some really good costumes. I, I'm a big fan of big fan of all of them. And if you have a costume party, we will come 100% fully decked out never never count on us doing anything less definitely you could definitely pull for ryan fitzpatrick as well get some aviators on an open top the funny thing is so uh, anyone who also knows me i worked at nordstrom for a long time uh if for england for the people in great britain it's a, a big retail chain here i don't know if, i'm not sure if people are familiar it's not it's not overseas so it's just in the united states big retail shop um i sold shoes there for a long time did very well anyone who needs a good job great place to work uh but everyone from Nordstrom likes to joke that Ryan Fitzpatrick is wearing the coop outfit because that is if you see him on Thursday night football he always has a Hawaiian shirt on yeah yeah with a sport coat that is how I dress to work almost every single day like it was it was basically my uniform obviously same beard like his beard's a little better like I I'm still I'm not I've got a solid beard here's a great beard here's a great beard for those that are not watching this on YouTube like Daniel does have a majestic beard. Well, thank you. It used to be it used to be a lot bigger, but unfortunately, moving into the real real world and not just being able to play baseball for a living, it you got to keep it a little more tailored, especially being in sales. I got to look somewhat professional, but I get I get to keep it going a little bit. But yeah, uh, I I I like to say that Ryan Fitzpatrick stole my look, so we'll just we'll just go with that. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a dude. <laughs> Although yeah, I think I'd have him around to my party as well. It would be a fancy football championship. Like I would not not invite him. Yeah, he. Yeah, when it came to, it's funny if you ask me about like inviting like athletes to my party. Most of the people I'd want to invite would probably be football players. Like I want Gronkowski to come to my party. Like I want to party with that guy, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's a guy I'd love to have a beer with. Um, yeah, it's funny. You you think of like the greats, and like the reason some of those guys are greats is because they don't really party that much would be my guess like i know brady doesn't drink in during season and rarely in the off season does he drink so like i've i've been fortunate enough i got to train with brady with my pitching coach but uh oh, wow yeah so that, that was pretty cool i got to meet him hang out with him a couple of times um 
but yeah, like I, it's great to meet Tom Brady, but I don't know if I want to party with Tom Brady. I just yeah. don't know if it would be. Well, if I would, I would love to go to dinner and just sit and chat with him, but he's not a guy that would be like that guy's coming to my party for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So what was what was his like training regime? Because like, I, I knew that he played baseball before, and like he he strikes me as quite an intense individual. But I don't know if it's because with the Patriots he wasn't allowed to use social media or whatever rules had in place. But like, what what was he what was he like? So he is one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Camp comes in. Again, we're all just, most of us were just minor league baseball players. A lot of big league guys came in, but they'd come for like a week or two. Um, we'd be out there every day. So when he came out, um, he'd just walk around, shake everyone's hand, say hi to everyone. He kind of got to know us all because he'd come out all the time. Um, but the thing about Tom Brady that, and if everyone can learn this, which it's really hard to do because there are distractions all the time, but he might be the best at flipping into game mode and shutting everything off of anyone I've ever seen. He came in and he met everyone, talked to everyone, said hi. When it was time to start training, he turned it on. And you don't you don't go talk to him. He'll like cuss you out, like, get the fuck away. Like, this is time for me to practice. Get away from me. Like the coaches can talk to him. Any of us, like, don't get near Brady when he's training. Like, and that's just who he is. And like anyone who thinks you're a dick because of that you don't know anything about sports because that that is who he is and he goes into game mode and that is mm -hmm. why he's one of the greatest he is there's a reason he's able to maintain and do what he does like he is so dedicated to his sport that everything he does is related to football and that was one thing i learned probably later than i should have is every decision you make is going to affect your career for me baseball for him football everything like what you do when you're not training, like the food you eat, the things you put, anything you put in your body, like the the activities you go do, because again, it's wearing down your body. So like, is it worth going to do this to jeopardize this? Like, so you, you have to think for anyone, uh, anyone playing any sport, every decision you make is going to affect that sport that you play. And you just have to, until you have that in the back of your mind, I'm not saying don't do things because like it's going to affect it, but have it in the back of your mind to know that decision is going to affect your career. And that is something that he's perfected. And the reason why he is so good and will be, I mean, until he retires, he's going to be one of the best out there, no matter how old he gets, because every decision he makes is based on football. Unfortunately, it took a toll on his personal life. We saw what happened, but mm -hmm. that, that that's who he is. And that's why he is the goat. Like, yeah. It, because of things like that so anyone that that's another piece of advice i give to anyone until you get to the point where every decision you make if you're a baseball player every decision you make you think about baseball that that's when you'll be able to take everything to the next level who retires first you are brady what's that if, who's going to retire first you are brady well ooh, that's an interesting question like because yeah i mean if i play one more European championship. That's another a year from now. If I play two more European championships, that's what, four years from now, three years from now. Mm -hmm. I don't think he, if I play two more European championships, I don't think Brady can hang with me, but I think, I don't think he retires at the end of this year. That's, that's my personal opinion. Yeah, he wants to play till he's 50, doesn't he? Something. I, I think so. Like, I mean, I, I honestly, again, Brady, I, I hope you're not listening taking this hot take. I think now that he's divorced, like that, I think that was the only reason he, thought about retiring in the first place was the family and now mm. that's kind of on a different place so i think he keeps playing football 
that's just me. That's my opinion. Hot take. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. This is this is the place known for hot takes as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Slightly yeah. calmerish takes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I hope this ends up on ESPN with my beach background in Great Britain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If all the things for me to make it big. Yeah. This will be it. I'll, I'll just keep spitting hot takes out for you so that, that you, you end yeah. up going viral over here. Beautiful. So well, I've, got, I've got about five things we can use for the um for the trailer, but I don't think Perfect. I'll be stopping Tom Brady yet. <laughs> <laughs> um so let's have a look then. We've got all this, this, these great stories that are coming out of you. Um, how are you before a game? What, what, what takes you through your, your game prep? It's uh, That's changed throughout my entire career. Before I was very intense, like college and stuff, headphones on, music, just like getting pumped up, trying to get locked in. You get to pro ball, you're doing this every single day. You can't stay intense that long. I started playing cards and get get come and get my sandwich play cards and take a shower and put my uniform on go sit down in the bullpen and then now it's just with great britain i just show up and hang out like i i don't i don't i i used to get very anxious before games and i just don't anymore i think maybe mm-hmm. retiring from baseball professionally and doing this just for fun like i have nothing to lose at this point anymore i still get a little nervous before i got on pitch like to be honest actually Maybe even more nervous now because I I don't do it consistently enough. Um, but sometimes my legs are honestly shaking when I go out there. But you throw that first pitch and everything just kind of everything just settles back down again. But yeah, the it, it's been a evolving process uh, throughout my career to going from being as tense and locked in as possible to really just enjoying every moment of it and just relaxing. And I I think if I would have been able to adopt that earlier in my career maybe I, I would have been a lot better off because the strain of trying to stay locked in mentally all the time is to do that from seven o'clock when the game starts till when I come in to pitch at nine thirty, ten 10 o'clock at night, closing out the game. It, it's really hard to stay locked in that long. So. Yeah. I can imagine. You, yeah. you mentioned that about anxiety. Do you mind me asking like, what was it that made you feel anxiety and, and how did you uh, overcome it? Or how did, how did you deal with those stresses and anxieties? Cause I think there's a lot of us out there that have probably been in similar situations, probably not to the degree of you because not not the national level or, or pro level, but what what can we learn from these experiences? You know, it's just I mean, anyone who tells you they don't get performance anxiety, I think is a liar. Like I think everyone feels it a little bit. Some people more than others. There's there's people that throw up before games because they get there's so much adrenaline going, things like that. And it's really just like learning what how you're able to calm yourself down for me I was more anxious anywhere other than once I got on the mound that's when I could actually that was like my calm place which you would think that would where you get the most anxious but like everything leading up to pitching was more stressful to me than actually pitching um so just getting on that mound and just being comfortable but to calm yourself down learning breathing techniques like I I have a good breathing technique that I learned that just like really helps calm me, calm me down, really just taking big breaths and holding it, letting it out like that. That'll just that it it, it physically is going to calm any single person down. So anyone who's ever having anxiety, like just controlling your breathing and like focusing on that, that's going to calm me down. Like I uh, uh, one thing a lot of people don't really know about me. I, I don't talk about it publicly. I, I had starting actually in 2012, uh, my first tournament, I, I started having panic attacks and it actually happened on my flight back from Germany. It probably didn't help that we went to Oktoberfest and 
had like six liters of beer and I got on a flight like four hours later, but <laughs> um, had my first pancake like ever Bradley Marcelino sitting right behind me. And I like, I'm like, Brad, I don't know what's wrong. He's like, what's up? And I grabbed his hand and put it on my chest and my heart was beating at 180 beats per minute while I was just sitting on the plane. And I, uh, I flew home thinking I was going to have a heart attack all the way home from, from Germany to, to America. It was a long, long, very stressful flight. And I had to, I've had to ban battle panic attacks, panic attacks for basically two years after that, where I was having full on panic attacks, like once a week, debilitating panic attacks, like couldn't function, couldn't do anything, got some medication, took care of it. Um, had to battle through that to get just through work, everyday stuff of just anxiety attacks, going to work all the time. And, and, and battling through that and it, it was crazy like it was really hard for me to come back and play the next European championship one getting back on a flight I hadn't flown since that flight I was afraid to get back on a plane because like I was still battling these panic attacks and I thought maybe it would trigger one so getting on the plane and then going to pitch again like thinking like what if I have a panic attack while I'm pitching like what am I going to do realizing the mound is my safe place and like everything leading up into it again full on anxiety, like struggling, get on the mound, boom, calm, just like everything calms down. So, um, but yeah, it was a, it was honestly a really tough battle to get through that and really took a hard time on my baseball career. Cause I was, I, I, I wasn't the same mentally. It, it, it really changed me mentally. And I think that's why I'm able to be so calm playing now because I've gone through these, these moments and, um, yeah, mental, mental, uh, I guess panic attacks are a mental illness. I don't know if that falls in the same category, but but being able to fight through it and it, you need to find a support system that'll help you. I I'd had I had people that when I was going through it, like certain people I call every single time because a lot of times they happen when I'm by myself. And luckily, my girlfriend now can support me. My my parents have always been there for me. I have other friends and family that have helped me through multiple of them. That like sometimes I just need to go for a walk or I just need to to do something. But it's a it's something that's never left my mind since they started happening. Even now when I, I, I maybe have one a year, but it's always in my mind anytime I'm in a situation where I kind of feel uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, that, that obviously went different route than, than performance anxiety, which is part of it. But, um, yeah, just, just find people that can help you get through it. And, uh, honestly, anyone who, who needs help, feel free to reach out to me also, because it is, it was a struggle. It was a, it was a long process to battle through it. So yeah. I feel very fortunate now that I'm off all the medication that I was taking. I feel much less uh, worried about it. it. It's like I said, it's always in the back of my mind in certain situations, but uh, I, I feel pretty normal again, a lot more normal than I used to for a long time. So well, thank you for being so open and, and sharing on us. That's really insightful. Thank you. That's what I'm here for. Advocate for for for, for things. That... Uh, we we have reached the end of the episode. I'm afraid, which is a shame because I feel like we could talk all night. Well, I got a few more hours left before it becomes daytime. You, I know you're starting out there in in California, but um, what what are you um, grateful to the game for? Like, what what has baseball given you? You know, I baseball has given me everything I have in this life. Honestly, like I. A lot of the, the the friends I have, but like more importantly, just it's who I am as a person now. It built it built me to be who I am today. To to know if you work hard, you can attain anything you want. Like 
at a young age, I was told like, you're not going to be a professional baseball player. I was like, well, if I work harder than everyone else, I can be. I never had the talent that everyone else had. I, I topped out at, I'm a low nineties guy. Like everyone throws what a hundred miles an hour now. I never had the raw talent, but I trained harder than everyone else. So if you work hard, you put your mind towards something and you just battle. So that's given me everything that I need to excel post baseball in my life. Like I, I'm very fortunate now that because of baseball and actually one of the friends that I met training, I have an amazing job now that gives me the opportunity to continue to play for Great Britain because he's an ex-baseball player. He understands that if he could still do it, he probably still would too. So he gives me the freedom to go off and miss two two weeks of work, although uh, I I didn't miss any work. I worked the entire time I was playing. So, (laughs) but yeah, it's just made me who I am as a person. I've gotten to travel around the world, see some really cool things, uh, meet some really great people, lifelong memories that, yeah, like you asked me about my my memories of life, and most of them now have to do with Great Britain baseball, whether it was on the field or off the field because of things we've done, traveling and all that stuff. And yeah, and because of baseball, uh, I met uh, the love of my life who. Uh, I've been together with for for three years now and hopefully forever she she worked as a neurotherapist and worked with athletes and I went in and met her and uh, we ended up staying in touch so lifelong friends lifelong memories built the character that I am today and uh, met the love of my life all all playing baseball so never know what what it's going to come of it so everyone who's out there doing it play as long as you can because it is going to be the best ride of your life. Amazing. Well, great way to end the show. Dan, Daniel, sorry, the floor is all yours. So any shout outs, any parting advice, any final words you want to give? Um, no, super excited for for March. And I'm bummed it's just in Phoenix. I was really hoping we were going to get to go to overseas again, but really excited to play Team USA. And and hopefully we can we can show the world against that's going to that's literally a Hall of Fame lineup that we're going to be facing. Um, Let's go out there and show them that that we are a legitimate baseball program that people need to pay attention to because we do have the talent. Um, it is baseball. Who knows? Crazier things have happened. Like maybe we could be uh, the miracle on on grass. <laughs> the Great Britain coming back and beating Team USA. Yeah. Um, we 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 owe them a good beating, right? Uh, I'm right. Yeah, right. It's coming <laughs> for you, Michael Trout. He's got your number. Yeah, coming for you. <laughs> uh yeah a couple of guys that i face that i'm excited to hopefully get to pitch against again and just super excited um thanks to our coaching staff uh again all the respect to you guys all the work you put in thank you for letting me to continue to be a part of it even though i'm sure you could easily replace me with someone like i said that all throws everyone throws 100 miles an hour now so i'm excited to keep this 85 mile an hour sinker baller around and i'll keep getting ground balls for this team as long as i can perfect lovely Daniel, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it.